Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, which is the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. We are sitting around the table here uh, today. Uh, Tim Michelangeli, Scott Slater, Spencer Snow. We are here continuing our journey through the Baptist faith and message. And we arrive at, uh, what is this, chapter 13, uh, lucky number 13, on uh, stewardship. Uh, stewardship, which is a uh, <clears throat> uh, another section here. It's only one paragraph in the uh, Baptist uh, faith and message. And it says this, it says, God is the source of, of all blessings, temporal and spiritual, all that we have and are we are we owe to him. Christians have a spiritual debtorship to the whole world, a holy trusteeship in the gospel and a binding stewardship in their possessions. They are therefore under obligation to serve him with their time, talents, and material possessions and should recognize all these as entrusted to them to use for the glory of God and for helping others. According to the scriptures, Christians should contribute of their means cheerfully, regularly, systematically, proportionately, and liberally for the advancement of the Redeemer's cause on earth. Okay, so stewardship. I've only broken this up into two basic sections because it's it, it opens up by talking about God, who is the source of all blessings. And then it talks about what we as Christians, um, how we are to view ourselves as uh, debtors to the world and also to use to serve God and to steward our resources um, all of the different types of resources um, to to serve God. So um, it opens up here. God is the source of all blessings. Why is that an important foundation uh, for understanding stewardship and how we approach this whole topic? Because I think there's times where we think that we earn stuff. You know what I mean? I, I, uh, I graduate, I go to school, I work hard, I pay off my student debt, I get a job, I work hard at my job to advance, right? I continue to hone my skills that are necessary, and as a result, I get paid what I'm owed, right? And so I've, I've earned this, and so then we tend to think that this is mine, I've, I've got this. Uh, and the Bible, though, teaches us that all, all good things come from Him, right? He allows me to have the brain to get an education. He allows me the skills to do this work. He allows all, he allows me to have this job. He allows me to breathe. He allows me to walk. All these different things are, are good graces that God is pouring out on me. And even non-Christians receive these good graces too, right? Mm -hmm. Where they have the ability to do these things. And it's really only because of God that we have uh, what we have, that we have the jobs that we have, that we have all the, right. He's, he's designer of all this. So Mm. um, we have to recognize that. You treat something differently when somebody else owns it. Mm-hmm. And you recognize, that's why this is called stewardship, when you recognize that you are only a steward of something that's been loaned to you or given to you for a time. You treat that thing differently. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's important to start with the fact that God owns everything, and everything that you have is ultimately His. And uh, that leads you to treat everything in your life differently, from your kids to your finances to your possessions everything right right i mean it makes you um well we sing the in the doxology praise god from whom all blessings flow um 
and also we open up with that song that that hymn come thou fount of every blessing so we sing about this as well and so everything that we have everything that we are we owe to him so we're automatically put in a place where um of humility but also of uh i guess uh, in a sense debtorship it says here we're, we're in debtorship to the whole world but we are also um uh well we sing that song again oh to grace how great a debtor daily i'm constrained to be let thy goodness like a fetter by my wandering heart to thee so so we are bound in debtors to god and that's an it's an important place for us to be because um it takes away or should take away the pride the uh, arrogance or the idea that we think that we've gotten this because we are owed it or have earned it instead it's a gift um a gift from from god um so it says because god is the source of all these blessings temporal and uh spiritual blessings um and we owe everything to him we have a spiritual debtorship to the whole. It, it, these are interesting ways to, to describe us. Christians have a spiritual debtorship to the whole world, a holy trusteeship in the gospel and a binding stewardship in their possessions. What does it mean when it says that we have a spiritual debtorship to the whole world? What is where are they, are they pulling from any scriptures you think? Um, I mean, and I hope so. I hope so. No, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking of the scripture in particular where Paul says, uh, "I am a debtor um, to men." Um, is that in one of the Corinthian letters where he says that? Um, and so he he has to preach the gospel to them because he's become a, a debtor um, to to all men. Yeah, I'm just trying to look it up in the study guide. I think that's where they are coming from uh, with that because they talk about 1 Corinthians 6.20, um, that we've been bought at a price, right? Our So our, our salvation has been bought with a price, and so we are a debtor to Christ. Uh, and then what does Christ call us to do, right? He calls us to be light in a dark world. And so there's like this spiritual debtorship, I guess you'd say, right. where we're, we're serving Christ by serving uh, the world, by trying to share the gospel with the world, by by giving our life to him uh, spiritually, but also we want to do that physically. We want to do that monetarily. We want to do that in every area, facet of our life. And so that's why I think it's worded that way. Yeah. So we, we owe, we owe the world because we've been bought by Christ. Now we have, we are, we are debtors to uh, preach the gospel to, uh, to other people to take care of them. And also you're right, Tim. One of the things you said is we serve God by serving other people. And that reminds me of uh, Matthew, is it 25, where Jesus tells, uh, he's using the, the illustration of what it's going to be like on the last day. He talks to the people on the right hand and to his left, and he says, uh, you, to, to the people on the right hand, when he says that um, you clothed me when I was naked, you, you took care of me when I was in prison, they're like, well, when did we do that for you, Lord? Uh, whenever you took care of the least of these, my brothers, you served me. And that's a helpful reminder to us that as we go and serve other people, we serve Christ. Christ regards it as having been done to him um, whenever we go and serve uh, other people, and especially when we serve our fellow Christians. And yeah, maybe that passage you were thinking of in 1 Corinthians is 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1, which is where Paul says, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. 
And so just seeing himself as the, they're using that word in the ESV, at least of a steward yeah. of the mysteries of God, of we have this knowledge, this information that kind of goes back to our last bit about education, yeah. but we have this and we, we are indebted to give it out freely to the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, I think stewardship can go into a lot of areas too. I think it can go into the uh, theology of like vocation, which we've talked about before, just uh, where uh, you go out and you do your work that you do, you know, whatever that is, that is contributing to society in some way, shape or form and allowing society to move and to function and to flow. And that actually is a good thing, right? That's a good thing that God allows us to be a part of and, and allowed to be us to do. And, and you need to be, we need to be good stewards of that. Uh, of that work. So what does that mean? I think it means working hard. I think it means, you know, being honorable at your work uh, where God has called you or where mm-hmm. you are employed, right? Honoring their rules and different sorts of things. Now that could come into conflict with our Christian standards at times where we'd have to maybe look for different work, right? right? And things, but um, <clears throat> still being a good, a good steward of that. Um, obviously money comes into play when we think about being good stewards, but it goes into, um, a lot of different areas. You know, you see some churches, I would say, maybe taking this too far, but uh, being good stewards of creation, you know, respecting creation and being a good steward of it. And are you doing that? And how do you do that? You know, I think that's something that you should think about too uh, when it comes to stewardship. But time, your time, your talents, uh, this is a big, I guess, a big big topic uh, where it's more about almost your uh, lifestyle, your Christian lifestyle, and how you how you handle the way you live. Are you being a good steward in all these, in, in every second that God gives you? Are you being a good steward in your relationships? Are you being a good steward at church? Are you being a good steward of your money and how you are using your money? Probably the biggest question is money, I would guess, with stewardship. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys would agree with me on that. But that's where people's minds probably mm-hmm. mostly mostly go with that. And so then the question's like, well, how do I do that um, with my money? How can I be a good steward with my with my finances uh, for the Lord? And my mind's going a lot of places, I guess, as I think about that, because there's a lot of areas. One, obviously, would be church, giving money to church, which we're told to do. It's an Old Testament practice, but we also see it in the New Testament where they were practicing of giving money, helping each other out, right? And so now today we see that, uh, in terms of offerings at church. Uh, Paul even talks about taking care of the one who is teaching the word of God to you, holding them in double honor. Uh, but we see money being given uh, for that as well. And so people would ask, how much? How much am I supposed to give? How do you guys answer that? I just tell them everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so how has that worked for you? Your visa card. <laughs> How has that worked for you? <laughs> Not well yet, but <laughs> the Lord. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I think a lot of these principles are actually uh, taught in Second Corinthians, where Paul talks about the Lord loves a cheerful uh, giver, and he's writing to the church at Corinth because specifically because they were taking a collection together to go serve the uh, saints in Jerusalem, and Paul was there uh, concerned about the offering and wanting to. Um, wanting to make sure that it, it, it's going well. And he, he has, um, he, he does write this. He says, um, 
Let me see right here. He says this for this is um, not the, the this, for this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction, but by a way of equality. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their want, that their abundance also may become a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little had no lack. And so, what he's saying here is that in this instance, those who had a lot or more should be willing to take care of those who didn't have the ability um, uh, to do so. That's one of the main features and highlights of the early church in the book of Acts, especially the beginning of the book of Acts. Right. One of the things that marked them was their generosity, how willing Mm -hmm. they were to sell their possessions, not just like little trinkets, but their homes, their fields, and give the money to the church to help those that had not, right? Yeah, yeah, and and as you... you as you have the ability um, uh, to do that, yeah, they they were willing to uh, to do that in the early church, and that, I think that there's not a um, a standard uh, number necessarily, though it is. Though Paul does say this later on in Second Corinthians chapter nine, he um, says this. Now I now this I say: He who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. And he also reminds them. Um, as well that the Lord Jesus Christ, who was rich for our sakes, became poor so that through his poverty um, he might make us rich. So it's interesting, again, how Paul doesn't, while Paul uh, calls them to give and encourages them to and shows them the example of Christ to motivate them to do so, he doesn't sit down and say, therefore, um, you know, you need to give this much money and I'll give you this holy oil or whatever for through the <laughs> through the ad, right? He doesn't say that. It's just, you know, you re- be reminded of the gospel again and therefore give uh, in light of that. Yeah, I mean, and people always want to go to like 10% or whatever that the Old Testament <clears throat> talks about. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad number. And Abraham did that too, yes, by the way, yeah. to, Mc- to Melchizedek. Mc- Melchizedek, yeah. But... I think we really do. I know I said everything as a joke, but what's up? That's really what we see when sure. we get to the New Testament. Sure. When Christ saves us, well, what does that mean? It means we give Him everything. I mean, Paul says that in Romans twelve one, you now are a living sacrifice, right? That's what you are, and this is your acceptable worship. And so, when when Christians start asking, well, what do I have to give of myself or of my things in order to be a good Christian? The answer is. All of it. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that means you bring your paycheck to church and just sign it over to the church. We have a few people that do that. <laughs> we uh, no, no, <laughs> no we don't. I don't think we do. No, <laughs> Go ahead. But Sorry. I'm saying your lifestyle now is a lifestyle of stewardship for God, and so I do think I do think a wise practice is to give to the church. I have never been one. Um, I, I, this might be confession time. I don't mean it that way. I'm not a big fan of charities. I don't give a lot of money to outside charities. I give money to church. I've always felt that way. Um, I'm not saying I never give to a charity outside. That does happen sometimes. I mean, you bought Detroit Lions tickets, so I mean that's a charity. Let me think. <laughs> I don't think I have ever. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I don't think I've ever bought a Detroit Lions ticket. You bought a Tigers ticket. I bought a Tigers. Yeah, ticket. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
I bought all the limos, yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> but my reason for that was always, I want to, if I want to give to something that I think is important, I can't think of anything more important than the local church. That's what God has kind of established and called. And then I want to trust my leadership to use the money I give and what other people give to use it wisely. So I'm trusting that it's going to missions causes. I'm trusting that it's going to evangelism, that it's paying staff, that it's doing good things that I think is important. Now, I'm not sitting here saying don't ever give to charity, but I do have a problem if people are like, no, I do give of stewardship. I don't give to the church, but I give a lot of money to United Way or to these other things. But like, that's not really what the Bible's saying. It that We do see a precedence in the Bible of giving to the local church. But on top of that, I don't want to just be like, here's my 10%, see you, leave everything else to me. No, there's probably times when things come up where I see need. Maybe it is a brother or sister at church, and I want to help them personally. I don't go to the pastor and say, hey, you should give us some of that money I gave you before to now help right. them. Right. Now maybe I'm saying, no, I want to give and help you. I want to make sure. you a meal. I want to do this for you. Or maybe it's not even someone at the church. Maybe it's somebody in my living of life where I can meet a need for them, right? So now I want to care for you. Or I know for me and Amanda, a big one was like foster care system and stuff. We kind of gave ourselves to that and including financially, like we'll put money into this or and our time. And that was separate from the church, but it was something we felt was uh, something God was wanting us to do with our with our time, right? And with our finances or whatever. And so above and beyond, so the we don't sit there then and say, well, it's this percentage, right? No, I want to, I just want to be willing to do whatever God calls me to, but I also don't want to be guilty to go on vacation, right? Uh, you're a bad steward because you did that. No. You'd be yeah. a bad steward if like, yeah, you were just spending bukus and bukus of money all the time Absolutely. on your vacation. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but to enjoy right. what God has given you, there's not, there's not a sin in that, right? It's right. not a sin to go right. eat at a good dinner. With your wife right. or with your family, right, or right. buy your kids a present, and this, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. You're, I think that can there can be good stewardship right. in that too. Go eat at Bojangles; it's okay. We don't have one. I, I yeah, well, that's you gotta drive really far. That might, like, that might be what's being built. That might be what's being built. Didn't we find out that Shepherdsville is the closest one? I think, it I think might we be. did. Yeah, it there you go. Be, go yeah. my go my place, y'all. Go, to <laughs> go my place, y'all. Pull up in Bojangles. <laughs> go to the tractor pull down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and the world's largest flea market, I think, is in Shepherdsville, as you No, it. not the world's largest. Oh. The world's most awesome. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. We've got a river tube float, too, y'all. Right into Fort Knox, right? <laughs> right into Fort Knox. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways, I'm just trying to point out that when you talk about stewardship, I mean... It, it's not just money, either. Like no, what you no, were saying. Yeah, it's, I mean, like for us, the money... Uh, for a lot of people in our church, the money's not an issue. Most of the time. I shared this actually with our missions team recently. You know, we have a missions team who helps us decide what we're going to give to different missions causes or how whatever. How to steward that how money. To, yes, how to, yes yeah. how to be good stewards of that money. And um, they were talking about like trips and all these different things, which was fine. But I said, let's not get hung up on that because different things within the Christian church have different skill sets. And whether we want to believe it or not, in America, our skill set is money. We have more money than other churches around the world. And so if we want to help a mission organization in Africa or in India or the Philippines, a lot of times what they don't need is us going over there trying to give them wisdom because they have it. They're Christians. God is working in them. They're doing good work. But what they don't have is they don't have resources. They don't have money. And what they need from us is some money. 
And there's nothing wrong with that because like in Corinthians, those who have help those who don't. And so we can help other churches around the world who don't have like, here you go. Mm -hmm. Or a practice we've tried to do here is, I don't know if people know this vacation Bible school material is ridiculously expensive. They charge a ton of money for that stuff. We buy it because we can. What we often try to do, this has been a practice as long as I've been here. We often then try to give our resources that we've bought to a local church who can't afford it all. Here's some of our decorations. Here's here's our teacher's books. Here's the things that we bought. Here's the music, right? Here, you take it now and you go use it for your vacation Bible school. It's a way for us to help a brother and sister who doesn't have that money, mm. right? Just trying to be good stewards of that of that stuff and, and care for people because we are in the position uh, to do that, mm. right? Yeah, but like you said, it's not just money. Uh, yeah, I, it, I would yeah. say for most people in our church, again, it's it's time. Yeah, time. Yeah. Trying to ask them to pinch some time off <laughs> for anything is like you might as well have shot them in the arm with right. your bow and arrow. Right. I mean. They don't want to give it up. And I would say that's, that's probably our biggest struggle, probably in many American churches, is is the time factor. Because time is money, though, too, right? <laughs> that's what they say. But no, most of the time, time is just laziness. You know, and, and I fall into that trap, too. But, you know, trying to get them to volunteer for something real quick, not a problem. But a lot of times trying to say, I'm asking you to invest your time, like 10% of your time weekly in preparing this lesson for these kids no i'm not willing to do that that i mean that's honestly what you get a lot a lot of um or you know five percent of your time or three percent of your time into this and uh i think that's where we as a church are getting called out more you know it was like you're pretty quick to hand a check you're pretty quick to give some money but you're not willing to invest any time or effort into these kids or into these youth or into these what these adults and really you know take a tuesday night to be with them you know, or whatever it might be, or go to their game and go watch them and, and invest in them, right? And prioritize them or or go take the kids from somebody and say, hey, you guys go out. We're going to give up our Friday night to watch your kids so you can go go out. That's the stuff it's like, I think would make a bigger difference a lot of times than a check mm-hmm. or some money, at least in our setting mm-hmm. right now. It also says talents. Uh which is another thing, right, um, that you're supposed to steward. How much was a talent? <laughs> well, a talent of silver. Um, is that what it means? Yeah. No. What, what does it mean? What, a talent? I mean, the abilities, I'm assuming, God has given to you, right? Yes, God's trying to be. He's, um, yeah, so, I mean, your abilities, uh, stewarding those as well, right? Um, recognizing... Um, you know, that you've got certain abilities that other people in the church don't and being, I don't know what that would look like exactly for somebody. And maybe if it's, you've got mechanical skills, um, you know, uh, being well, just be, have being open to having those used for other people in the church or to serve the church and stewarding those. Well, yeah. that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I can think of an, ex- I'm not going to use any names, but I mean, we as a church recently in one of our business meetings, we're talking about something that we need to do as a church um, some thing, some things to our building that need to get done, and you know who do we need to put on this team to make that happen? Mm. And a person came forward, you know, after the meeting and said, "I do that for work. I'm actually mm. really good at it. Mm. I'd like to help." Mm. That's an example yeah, of using right. your talent, a skill set, or a knowledge base that sure. you have that could have be could be of use. Right, right. Stewarding those well. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, any of those ways, I think we do that. Um, so it says here, they should recognize that all of these, their time, talents, and material possessions are entrusted to them for the glory of God and for helping others, which is why we should um, be utilizing them. Uh, lastly, it says, according to the scriptures, Christians should contribute of their means cheerfully, which we read about, we know about in Second uh, Corinthians, regularly, systematically, proportionately, and liberally for that's the a lot of lease. Yeah, that's that's they should have kept going. Wow, that's um, cheerfully, regularly, systematically, proportionately, proportionately, and liberally. That's a lot of them, man. Yeah, they, that's a lot of they, this, they, they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, <laughs> hey, let's add this one in too. Um, and liberally for the advancement of the Redeemer's cause on earth. So just talking about the ongoing regular habits of life, uh, doing it with the right attitude. Um, and, and obviously it's going to change for people as they age or, you know, a younger stage in life versus an older stage in life. It's going to look differently, but, um, being willing to steward all of our life resources, um, for God's glory. Yeah. I mean, the fact is in order to share the gospel takes work, right? I mean, it just does whatever that is. Even if it's going across the fence to a neighbor, it takes effort to go do the, something like that. And as a local church, as we think about it here and people giving here, everything we do costs money. You know, it's, that's just how it is. And here at our church specifically, we have a big building. We have a lot of property. And so we're not the type of church anymore who can say, hey, everybody sign up who's going to mow some of the grass this week. It just doesn't happen that way. So we have to pay somebody to mow, to mow the grass, right? We got to pay people to clean the building. We got to pay people uh, for our lights to be on and for you, the utilities, which is a high dollar amount. Uh, compared to some a church that's smaller. Uh, and so when you think about the giving at the church, all those lee words <laughs> become, yeah. yeah, we want people who will give cheerfully and regularly, you know, and systematically. And, and because of technology today, it's become a lot easier to do that. You know, I know Amanda and I, for giving, we went to our bank and set something up where the bank sends it to the church every Monday or something mm -hmm. like that. And because we were also very forgetful people. And so Sunday when the offering plate goes by, do you bring any money? No, I don't either. Okay. Right, <laughs> I'm double right. up next week, you know, or whatever. Right, right. It, it just helped us with that. Just like we do with a lot of our bills, right? Sure. We have them paid automatically mm -hmm. and we treat the offering. We want to do that. We, we want to have it set up. We don't want to miss. And so what can we do? Well, here's a system we've set up, you know, and we have online giving. Uh, we have the offering in the morning of, you know, people want, want to put their offering in the plate. We have people who come and drop it off during the week. Mm -hmm. You know, we have plenty of faithful people who do that. They come in and drop their offering off uh, in the office. Uh, and the fact is, I mean, ministry is very hard to happen without money. Mm -hmm. It's just, right. it's just how it is. It's, it's the world that we, that we live in. And we try really hard at our church to be faithful with our money. We have a stewardship team. That meets regularly. That was my stomach. I thought that, it was a whale. No, it's my stomach. <laughs> I had to sit and watch you guys eat lunch while I ate one uh, Slim Jim, basically, I think is what Why it was. Hey, listen. That's no, no one's you, fault. you can't blame us for being unprepared. I you're brought right. vegetables oh, you're and right. fruits. <laughs> All right. You're right. Yeah. You're on the Daniel diet? <laughs> well, yeah. I had ranch in it, too. <laughs> yeah, ranch. Oh, yeah sour cream. It was sour cream stuff. <laughs> I'm on the uh, Fossil Paul diet. <laughs> 
Anyways, <sighs> I just want to say that because I want people to know that it's something we take serious. We have business meetings where we deal with money manners. You know, anything over a certain amount of money, according to our constitution bylaws, has to be approved by the right. church. We get a budget approved by the church, which is, by the way, coming up here soon in September. Uh, and and I would say our staff uh, in our financial administrator here who does a good job, we really try to be nitpicky about the money we spend. We don't want to just be willy nilly with it. Uh, we look at our budget, we look at the money and say, let's be purposeful with it. And so that's part of why we have a mission team now. So they can be purposeful on where are we sending our money into who, and do we align with them? Do we agree with what they're doing in the work? Is it worth the money? You know, and, uh, we put a lot of work and effort into handling the money that is given here, handling it to the best of our abilities to be good stewards to the glory of God. And so there's been many people in Monroe who've been helped. You know, we don't we don't go to the pulpit every week and say, hey, your money, we helped three people mm. this week with hotel stays, some gas, and some food. But that happens. It happens all the time. We're trying to help people uh, in those ways. And some are church members, some are not church members, right? Uh, but again, we try to be wise with that. And uh, I think that's an important part of church leadership. You've hired us to to do that. And I want people to feel comfortable when they put money in the offering plate to know that their money is going towards things that are going to glorify God and honor God. Mm-hmm. And so we work hard to try to, to, try to do that. Yeah. And families should try to do that on their own, right? And we're, we're just trying to do that as a church right. family. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's really good. Um, now, one of the questions I do have is if someone was to come in to pay us in chickens or a goat, okay, what would you guys take? What would you prefer, a goat that you could milk or a chicken? Alicia would take the goat every day. <laughs> the goat. <laughs> I was thinking goat, but not to milk it. It was bigger, more meat. Uh, yeah. Chicken. Yeah. Alicia yeah. would want it as a pet. The goat. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can. I mean, there's... You can do any number of things. I'm sure in some societies still around the world, that's how they pay their pastor. Maybe I, I'd take a go. I mean, I, don't get a go. <laughs> take a go. Didn't you say that your dad was paid like that once? With no, I don't think I so. Thought he what? Okay, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, not that I'm, I'm aware of. I thought okay, maybe. He's probably had a lot of experiences. It was probably after you talked to him, you're like, I bet that's a guy <laughs> who was once paid by a goat. Hey, don't worry about money. Give me a goat. Give me a goat. <laughs> no, that's, uh, yeah. I didn't think it was a goat. I thought it was like a pig or something. I do think we need to get a pig on the back property. That would be. I think that would be a good stewardship. No, a goat of, would be better because they would mow the grass as they Well, the they would. Well, pigs would just take all the grass away. Yeah, put it on the very back property. We raise some hogs, and um, that might steward our land well. It would help our pulled pork competition. That would be, wouldn't Instead it be awesome? Of buying it, we could just we go over there. We got like, you know, ten hogs over there. Right. <laughs> okay. As long no, as you would do the work, I, I don't, I don't yeah, want to. Do I that. would want to become the minister of agriculture here at church too. So. <laughs> minister of agriculture. <laughs> you know, that's a the eco minister. Let's see this. I don't know. Um, that could be. That sounds like something totally like new age. <laughs> yeah, liberal church. The eco. <laughs> We're gonna bless the pigs today before we uh, slaughter them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, think about that. That might be something to bring up at the business meeting. Okay. Um, you could bring it up. You're yeah. allowed. To, hey, you're allowed to bring anything up, Spencer. Can we get some hogs? Put it on the back pan. <laughs> eco minister. <laughs> we we could use it, and that would be. I could think of a number of things: bacon and everything. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, take care. And God bless.